Hello, Mizzy. Hey, Emma. <laughs> so, welcome to the Eminem Podcast. Um, we are here today and chatting about creativity. Yeah, I think yeah. that'll be... Uh, well, we've already discussed prior to this how many different questions I have for Mizzy. And it's very extensive, sir. And I don't know, it's an exciting big topic that I think we're both quite interested in. Not only as a, like creativity doing it but also everything behind creativity yeah is a interesting and exciting one Yay! but before then we're going to be doing what we've been watching, we'll be watching and that <laughs> i wanted to see if we could do it at the same time but maybe not <laughs> we're just not that in sync honestly um do you want to go first yeah well a lot of my ones are actually ones that we've already discussed because, well, that you've already discussed because I've been watching ones that you've recommended. Ah, okay. Hmm. So I won't go into too much, but I watched the minimalist one. Uh, yes. The sec, the the one you talked about recently. Yeah. Have you seen the first one, by the way? No, it's been on my list on my Netflix list thing for like two years. But <laughs> never. That's how it goes. I don't know. <laughs> but that was only like an hour long, so I was like, mm, that's that's quite an easy. Watch. It's like you don't have to commit a lot of time to watching it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was really good. Hmm. I recommended it to my stepdad because I think he really likes those kind of things about the way it's, um, basically saying that the reason for your unhappiness is because of this whole constantly being, your attention being grabbed by all these different things. Mm. in the world because it isn't just it is mainly social media but I feel like it's also like it it channels down into everything in your whole life now as well just being on the street and walking past things billboards sorry there's a massive motorbike just went past (laughs) I don't know if you heard that but not not you on a motorbike it's just like no Doing the podcast on the road <laughs> this week. It's been quite a challenge, but we take learn some on new the road. skills. <laughs> One um, day, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, and I also watched last night My Octopus Teacher. Uh, yeah, how did you... Did you I cry? It. I didn't cry. I no. got like that, like... that Wet You eye. know, your eye stinging kind of vibe. <laughs> just a pre-cry is what i got yeah <laughs> um i i really love stuff like that though because it was like seeing somebody who's so interested in something when somebody just loves something so mm. much i'm i love watching that because then it makes me go love things <laughs> like yes I, I agree with you so much on that like seeing someone else's passion sort of ignites your passion yeah. whether it's about the same thing or not yeah which may be something we'll end up talking about in the actual yeah uh topic mm. i just I, I think that's really there's something that's sort of lost as well that the way he's dedicated all that time mm. every single day he goes and sees the octopus yeah. i'm not gonna lie it, it's sort of funny in a way because he has a weirdish voice and the way he refers to the octopus I, sh- I actually liked that he co- he said that the octopus was a girl. I didn't. He just always called her she. And for some reason, I was like, yeah, because she seems cool, and I wanted to be a woman. But... Me and my I watched it with my dad, and me and my dad were laughing because we thought 
God, what is his wife thinking there? Yeah. Like, every day he's swimming down to see his little octopus gal, and she's yeah, not that's getting Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Maybe she'd but be more also... relieved if he was actually cheating on her, but instead yeah. he's going down to see an octopus. But, like, the way that he spoke about it, too, about, like, the physical contact thing between them, <laughs> and, like, just some of the ways he describes stuff was, like laughable but yeah. also i didn't want to laugh because i was like no actually it, it's very serious and it's very very lovely at, that he loves yeah this i think wild maybe, animal is do you think that's because we're ingrained to not like feel anything very deeply like we're like oh god that's <laughs> yeah. so like embarrassing that's so that cringe loves <laughs> that octopus. but actually it's really nice and what yeah. he's doing was so and probably cool. exactly what everybody needs to be more yeah. like do you know what that just made me think of, though? What you're saying about he dedicates every day to that and that's something that feels sort of lost. Mm. I was thinking about, like, is there anything I do every day that, like, I'm passionate about? It's not something I'm particularly passionate about, but do we not dedicate too much of our day to checking social media every yeah. single day? Like, that's our replacement. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. I've been thinking because... about that a lot, actually, because of lockdown. I think it sort of yeah. reiterates how long you've been spending on them. Like, what does that lead to? It doesn't lead to anything. Mm. His le- lead led to scientific research about an unknown magical animal. <laughs> I'm going to say magical because it's... They're... It was epic. So, The octopus yeah. is an epic There's creature. That. Yeah. It grew back its own tentacle. Yeah. We could like, never, quite literally. Yeah. Humans could never. <laughs> uh. Do you know, I was just thinking of about the whole social media thing again going back that like i don't have an issue with spending your time even if it doesn't amount to something on whatever you want because i do think there's this really good thing as well that everything you do should amount to money or some or something you know like that but then i do also have an issue in turn with social media because i'm not sure even though maybe it doesn't amount to anything and there's a lot like reading doesn't essentially amount to anything or drawing if it's just your hobby doesn't but i think maybe social media is just like a killer of time like you don't Mm. it doesn't ever even make you feel better for looking at it it's such a weird thing we've got ourselves into yeah but when you say things like reading and stuff doesn't amount well it does a bit i was necessarily true because it does like yeah like you do feel better after you've done it don't you as well but I also, I think it makes you a more kind of, um, what's the word, inquisitive person or, mm. or like thoughtful. Yeah. It changes some kind of con- cognition in your, in your mind, I think, develops things, whereas social media doesn't, mm. it degrades. Maybe <laughs> as a next podcast thing, we should do like a week without social media. This is what I like. I literally don't think I could do and it. And see how I we do. I think that would be awful, quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, shaking your head. No, <laughs> don't make me do it. <laughs> I think it'd be hard, but I think it'd be good. Maybe we'll think about do you, that. I'm mainly thinking about, like, if it was just like my life at home, that would be better because then I would hopefully prioritise doing other things. But I'm mainly thinking about work because, like, on my uh, break or like, or when there's not much to do at work, you just go on your phone. Mm. And I'm like, what would I do otherwise? Because I can't whip out a book because that's so obvious. <laughs> you know? Everyone goes, nerd! 
more than not doing any work whereas uh, when you phone uh, it's sort of sly or maybe you could just spend time inside your own head and like i don't think that's do a good stuff. idea do you know right we've gone <laughs> off on one but right you know when we used to do a uh, six pound patrolling that was a job that yes, me and mizzy used the good to have that was like you would walk around and check on kids or work in the patrol the canteen or whatever but there was one job one that they it was second year we did it where you had to stand on a zebra crossing and tell people to walk on the crossing Oh in God, school very awful. random and anytime you got put on that you thought i'm on my own for an hour do you know what i used to yeah. do like <laughs> well this is more when i did a bit of acting i would like learn my lines in my head as i was stood there so i'd utilize my hour to do stuff that i needed to do that could be done inside my head that's really good though so maybe you could do something like that like brainstorm ideas for things yeah. Uh, start writing yeah. a screenplay in your head in my head the problem with that is that i will have forgotten it and then it's gone yeah but it, i think you keep so much more up there than you think and then you see something you yeah. go oh, i wrote this thing and it was i written. wrote this full screenplay <laughs> hell yeah let me just get that yeah <laughs> anyway we went from my octopus teacher to that i'm not sure mm. how but yeah sky mind <laughs> Uh, what about you? What have you been watching? Okay, I've got a three TV series that I'm like part way through, um, but that are all phenomenal. So let's share. Mm. Um, so the first one I'm a bit late to the game on, and it is I May Destroy You. Oh, yeah, I want to watch this. Yeah. I haven't watched it. Yet, Me and my mum started it. Um, so I sort of half already knew what it was about, but it. So it's basically sort of based around the idea in different ways about consent and, well, yeah, in sex and basically. And um, I don't know, it's just phenomenal. It's so hard hitting, but then there's these really great moments of like real life. It's what it is, is so close to real life. It's scary, but it brings in the really funny elements of life and then how these awful disgusting moments that just like hit like nothing else it's crazy and it's just so cleverly written because what i have really enjoyed about this is it's so layered up there's like about a million different stories in it not quite but (laughs) and then every one is there's no one who's supposed to be right or wrong as such there's obviously the actual crime that's occurred that is a hundred percent wrong but then the way the people react or don't react whatever it it's mirrors more of how humans actually go about things no one knows how to react to probably a sexual assault properly because you're going through all sorts and there's the there's not just like that you going to the police station or whatever it's then afterwards you're dealing with the trauma and how's that going to deal with it can you be there for your friends and stuff like this it's just so many they've thought of absolutely everything when writing this so it it feels so full and true and just not not good and bad it's everything in between i think that's why it's so great and that's yeah yeah What's it on? It's on BBC iPlayer. I'm only halfway through, but I'm like 
on the edge of my seat to finish it. Mm. So good. And it is, I forget her name, let me search. Michaela Cole. Michaela Cole. It's written (laughs) by her and she's incredible in it as well. We love her. So, yeah. Um, And we is me and Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next thing I've been watching is Spaced on, this is on Channel 4. And this is a... um, Really early Simon Pegg and oh my god, I've got no names right now. And Jessica Hines, so they wrote it, and then it is Edgar Wright is the director on it. Oh, so yeah. it's set in like the noughties or something, and it's just it's super funny for one because it's obviously a comedy, but then it has all these references to horror films and stuff intertwined in it, and then it's got the like very Ertory Edgar Wright style of filming editing whatever yeah. it's just crazy funny crazy good is that a tv series yeah uh, we've only watched two episodes but like actual laugh out loud comedy and it's that sort of bizarre tv that i love i'm i'm <laughs> up for beat. anything that's off the wall <laughs> not quite right and that hits the spot perfectly so would recommend because i feel like at the moment after having watched like bridgerton and all this i'm like what do i watch next like mm. um, but actually now i'm going hmm let's look what there has been and yeah yeah that's a good one um i think it's got two seasons as well that and then the last thing i've been watching so i re-got my now tv pass whatever they're called so i could watch sex in the city because <laughs> i'd started watching it but i'm very much the person who will be into something for like a couple of weeks and then I won't watch it at all because I don't know why. Why are you the way that you are? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so I kind of got bored of it, but not bored as such, but I just, I'm like, I'm done here for now. So I cancelled my membership, but then I was like, I need me some Carrie and Samantha and Miranda in my life. So yeah, got it back. I'm on like season four. It's so funny. Who's the fourth member that you just missed out there? I know, that was really Who's mean. unimportant? Charlotte. I'd, honestly, I do think she's, like, the weakest link. Gonna say it. So is this because, um, I mean, I've not watched it, so I don't actually know who all the characters are, but one of them's not coming back in the, this new Samantha. reboot thing. Samantha. And it's, uh, I don't know how they're gonna do it. Because, honestly, Samantha is the best character in it. Because mm. Samantha is, like... <laughs> <laughs> the sexually adventurous takes no shit from nobody woman about new york she is <laughs> incredible what i love about it as much as it's so funny it's definitely so before its time there are a few things that with all like tv that was like 10 years old which doesn't seem that long ago but also is a lifetime ago is there are certain things that you think well that's actually not really that politically correct or whatever however as long as you're i don't know a normal person you can sort of see not see past it but know that it's wrong and you just like well we wouldn't do that today sort of thing but there's so much of it that is very like big feminist vibes all the way through like these women are constantly talking about sex and like how good the (laughs) sex is where they're getting the sex and like using men to <laughs> please themselves, which is just not conversation that I think was openly happening yeah. at that time. So it's really fun to watch. And um, 
there was a really good episode i think in season four where carrie gets cast as a model and they do a whole one about like not being able to see yourself as beautiful as your friends see you and how they each one of them is really great and they should be able to see that and it was like this is such an empowering show <laughs> so as much as it's like tongue-in-cheek it's also like got a good backbone to it so i like that how many seasons is there maybe i'll start like seven it's so good definitely one to watch as a 20 something because it teaches you lessons they didn't know you needed to know Mm. about relationships about friendship because it's really nice as well that it's a group of four women who are friends and in the 30s because it's like they're not dumb because they're over 30 and i don't know i feel like a lot of cast things are usually ensemble casts aren't they so it's nice to have an all-female cast because that's probably more representative of a lot of friendship groups yeah like i know you have a mix but like most my friends are females yeah which nothing against men that's just how it's fallen so (laughs) (laughs) boys and uh um yeah just all around fun time so i would it's hilarious and you need to watch it okay it's what i've got to say (laughs) um but yeah that's what i've been watching go back to what you just said about the over 30s thing i feel Mm. like part of just an observation part of the the (laughs) the 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 kind of feeling that you're in a rush in your 20s is because of this idea that you're over in your 30s kind of thing that probably is sorry yeah i just realized that i was like oh shit that's what if sex in the city has taught me anything is that you're not you'll be going to restaurant openings galleries every weekend with your cosmopolitan in hand and there will be men left right and center waiting for you in your 30s so i'm not worried <laughs> at all i've got to say it's it's a bit of a what's the word like double-edged sword this one though to watch at the moment because part of me is like living vicariously through their new york life and part of me is like i'm Wish sat at home well. in my room with yeah no possibility of leaving the village. <laughs> it sounds like I'm in like a medieval town. <laughs> um, for the foreseeable. So that's kind of sad, but, you know, nice for escaping. Yay! Right, well then, let's get on to the main topic. Today we're going to be talking about creativity. So do you want to give a bit of a creative background on yourself, <coughs> Mizu? What... What makes you a creative person? Why do you have any right to talk about this? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Go. Self-doubt, self-doubt. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, I would consider myself... I, I Actually, I've been thinking about this recently, and I would consider myself a creative person because I, I like creative things and I did a degree in a creative thing. Mm. But I was like... I don't actually necessarily do that many things that are creative, but then I feel like... You are recording a podcast right now. That's so, true. Uh, which yeah. is a creative I'm pursuit. I'm just shitting pursuit. on myself. True, yeah. Um, yeah, well, basically, I want to be a filmmaker, so that is creative. Um I don't, I don't know why this is such a hard question for me to answer. It's really hard to explain. I don't know. You why are you creative? 
Well, do you want me to actually tell you why you're crazy? Yeah, that might be easier, actually. (laughs) So, Mizzy, film student, created... um, Well, you've been studying film this whole time, but especially one of the coolest things you've done thus far is make your documentary on some local bands, which was super cool. And I think that's a route you want to go down quite a bit, isn't it? At the moment. Um, And then also you're a big reader, big TV watcher which creative endeavors love your music Mm, i do (laughs) and you're also you're very much you're like always cooking i see you're doing like you're like room decor is always (laughs) cute you're into your fashion there's a yeah you're right your room revolves around the creative industries and endeavors yeah thanks emma i do there you go (laughs) no i've got a a big what's (laughs) A big thing to follow. Um. <laughs> Just do yourself again because you're quite good at doing so, Ditto. Uh, no. <laughs> um, so I am Emma. Hi. Um, I'm currently studying a creative course at university. Um, the broadest creative course of all time. <laughs> um, arts and humanities with French, which I don't know how creative that is, but well, yeah, no. pretty tough. It does me day. <laughs> I think one of my biggest interests creatively would probably be writing at the moment, but I've also dabbled in like film making mm. and stuff. Well, love a bit you... of photography. Oh, you're a big photographer. Uh, That's yeah. one thing I didn't say. Film photography on fleek, <laughs> as Thank no one you. says. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cooking, reading, painting. You used to do like vlogs and stuff. <laughs> yes. That's you know, creative. And oh you used God. to edit them all, like, with to music and... Yeah, And I, you make graphics and stuff. Right. I, I actually re-watched <laughs> some this morning, and I don't know what... No, do you know what I was thinking about? I was like, what did I used to look like? Like, do I... Did I used to look like this? That was what I was after. But, like, oh, I annoyed myself a lot watching my personality on it. So, I, it makes me realise that... Well, podcast form, I can't... I don't hate myself during this. So I think there must be something about not being on camera. But as a whole, I think I prefer to be behind the scenes. Mm. Yeah, because you can express yourself through your art without being the face of it. And it's a lot easier to detach yourself from that. Yeah. But I never regret doing all that. Because I did did like the YouTube thing from about 14 on and off till I was like 20. Mm. With some big on and offs. But that was really good for learning how to edit and all sorts of stuff like that and confidence even and creating new ideas all the time, um, which was good. But yeah, it makes me want to die watching myself back in them there. That's why none of them pretty much are online anymore. Um, (laughs) But anyway. I feel like though that is... It's interesting that you say that you don't hate yourself on this because I so I listen back and I hate myself. On I this hate sometimes. you on this. <laughs> <laughs> no. I I laugh a lot. I've noticed like I've got a nervous like giggle all the time, which I didn't. I don't notice obviously when I'm doing it. Mm. I'm trying to stop myself from laughing right now, but I do like a laugh constantly. Right, we're just getting into like things we hate about ourselves now. So. I do say like a lot, that's annoying, but I feel like creativity is actually linked a lot to your own self-hatred in a way. Like because it's an expression of of yourself, but mm. like w- when it's 
it opens yourself up to to all your insecurities because you kind of view it in a way as representing a part of yourself and so it's sort of oh I don't know I do anyway yeah do you know what I mean? should we run with that actually that's a good topic mm. opener actually because um that's maybe something I haven't considered hugely before but maybe that is why sometimes creativity feels so hard to yeah to do is because <laughs> to do but like say if you're trying to yeah, write it's because yeah. you are it's at least a little Vulnerable. part of yourself even if you are creating a character and then to showcase that part of yourself yeah is vulnerability isn't it and mm. you're there open for judgment so it depends really a lot on probably your own confidence in yourself mm. because it's not only like there's like layers of judgment there because it's not just um so for example with writing somebody could go well, that's not well written as a judgment mm. but then that that's not only an insult to the uh, you know your t- talent in doing it but your own sort of thoughts your yeah. own kind of cognition of stuff as well like it's sort of a direct stab in the heart you know? <laughs> but then I don't know if that's it would be interesting to speak to like other creative people actually if that's how they feel about things because yeah. there's that whole thing about the tortured artist thing and like I feel like that's what a lot of creative people we all kind of get into that that thing of it being so like like it hurts yeah. <laughs> but you can't stop but and that you can't do it and you have to do it at the same time like it's such a weird like one of my um friends who absolutely adores filmmaking and now I've like will probably be super successful in it just because I've never met anybody so like focused on doing it and I, I could never imagine that he the thing that I'm going to tell you that he said that he would say but he once told me after a day of on set he was like filmmaking I, I, he was like, I hate it, but I can't stop doing it. Like, he was like, mm-hmm. actually filming is so tedious and so, like, it hurts to do it almost. It's so pain, painstaking. Mm. But he was like, you can't explain how it's so worth it when you finish it. Mm. But the process is awful a lot of the time. It's not enjoyable. Yeah, I think a lot of creative things are like that. Yeah. Hundred percent. I can't think where I read this, but there's definitely like in Greek philosophy when they were trying to distinguish imagination. I think it was and creativity. One thing that went along with it was like melancholy. Mm. This you yeah. have to be like this sad and the pain. But it, yeah, it's, it's sort of a thing where you a lot more in touch with your emotions of things so it is like yeah I can see how it's associated with that more because you kind of I don't think that's necessarily true as such but I think it's quite a it is a bit of a reflection of how a lot of people in the creative industry end up being because there does seem to be a lot of and I there's mental health every like bad mental health in all different areas of life but it does seem to affect creative people a lot yay one thing i wanted to sort of talk about was 
creativity as both a hobby but also how it can turn into like a monetized job basically and there is like also a crossover in between that and do you think that sometimes the monetization of something you love or something that is quite personal makes it hard or makes it you don't Mm. enjoy it anymore yeah that's like like a really conflicting thing because I feel like potentially we have slightly different feelings on this maybe because um I also want to go into a career out of the thing like I want to make money out of my creativity or whatever because I whereas you well I don't know you do want to do that but like you always I don't know (laughs) you knows what's gonna happen yeah you 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 more happy with it as like as the more of the hobby thing I suppose like whereas I don't think I just don't think that I could not do it honestly which means that I need to make a career out of it because I can't sustain myself otherwise but um but also yeah the it sort of makes it worse because well there's lots of different factors that go into that anyway but for example if you're making something to a somebody else's proposal or something then it's it's sort of not necessarily what you wanted to do but you're doing it because you've got to make money out of it and there are certain things where you sort of sacrifice a bit of your own creativity to to just earn money and then then it kind of makes you question yeah well it makes you question like well is this what I wanted to do and it's like well no but then it's it doesn't there's sometimes not really any other option um but at the same time I think the difficulty comes because because a lot of creative stuff isn't really valued in terms of money very much like people want it but they don't want to pay for it because they think which I get like I mean I subscribe to all the streaming channels and stuff Netflix and whatever and I obviously I pay for that but it's not like for the it does that those kind of things in ways do damage the independent filmmaking that I would Mm. probably want to do yeah um same with music like they have their perks but for for like small bands and stuff Spotify is not actually very good because they're not gonna it's really good for if you're already really successful well it it, it's hard because I none of neither of us I think are at that point where we're like career starting (laughs) at the moment and definitely with COVID but I feel like I think for me, there is there's a s- certain things that I could see myself doing for money <laughs> creatively, mm. um, and things I definitely couldn't see myself doing because I think it maybe that is to do with the level of how personal it feels. Mm. Like writing, I do and could see myself doing for money because. I feel like I, as much as 
say if you're novel writing or anything like that is a part of you you can also look at things a bit more objectively and I feel like writing is something that and that's maybe a confidence thing as well it's something that I can sort of make the writing the forefront rather than just the content that makes sense whereas other things like say cooking for example I would never I don't know I say this now I could see myself owning a cafe yeah I was gonna say I I sounded like James Acaster then (laughs) Um, but I, I wouldn't be a chef or something or I wouldn't be a painter because they're those things I go to to relax and maybe that's a mindset thing I don't know but there's definitely things that feel too I don't want this feels like the wrong word but sort of sacred to ever Mm. sell to someone else and things I I think maybe I know as well that if I lost any creative control in some of these things like painting or say if I occasionally like I don't know, make something like crafty or sewing, whatever. If any of the creative license got took away from me in that, I know immediately I wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah. And for that reason, I just think, why would I ruin something I like when I could do something? Well, that's where I kind of think the, like there's different routes of going into it, isn't there? And I I mean, I always think, I don't, I wouldn't want to, get a job in a like production company or like in in the more commercialized sides of things because I know that that's not you're sort of facilitating somebody else's project Mm. which if I believed in their project and wanted then then yeah that's fine but as just for having a job just I don't know if I would enjoy it as much. Whereas if I'm just if I'm creating something off my own bat and doing it myself, which is why I've always wanted to get my own equipment and be able to do things that way, then I know then I have creative control. Like if I can do it, make something, and then sell it as it is, great. Mm. But I suppose that's where the problem lies because people don't often want to buy that. <laughs> but I do think that's maybe we're probably in a better position than other generations maybe were because of the outlets you have to get your stuff out there and for different ways it can be monetized as well say like if you are writing sorry what i just said advertisement but carry on (laughs) yeah if you're if you're writing or something on a blog you might end up getting advertising money or something or youtube you could put a documentary on and make Mm. advertising money which might not be loads but it might be enough for you to sustain yourself yeah and that could lead to something else putting it out that way so that now there are different routes to get to monetize things that do feel yours if that makes sense yeah um but it's like a, a tricky thing to find the balance of i suppose yeah definitely i don't think a lot of people get it find it easy to get right yeah I think about this a lot because I I think about like I'm getting a degree because I I really tossed up what I really wanted to do for a degree because I was like oh, I like this but is it going to be a job and this is always the question I'm like 
do I want a job in this or not? And it, I think it's hard until you've done it to know, but how can you get a job in, say, writing mm. without having a degree? It's very rare. Well, I also think potentially that's part of the problem is that you shouldn't have to do a degree just for the purpose of getting a job. Like, mm. you should be able to go into education just to expand your mind and have nothing else come yeah. out of it other than your own personal development i don't know like yeah. it doesn't you don't have to get a career in something um yeah but well thinking about my degree like there was definitely there was a lot of limits to creativity in, in that because whilst it allowed me in some ways it pushed it and it allowed me to think about things that i didn't know i wanted to do like i didn't know i wanted to make music documentaries or whatever until i was in that setting where it was made possible kind of thing but then the thing I ended up making was very much restricted to certain boundaries that I had to check off mm. which and then that which made me end up not liking it as much yeah so maybe the, then the university experience what it really does is it helps you figure out what you do want to do and what you don't want to do I think but also gets you ready for what it'd be like working in that industry. Well, that yeah, you, that's what they say. You, you love, but find actually kind of is a bit... There's rubbish bits in it. Mm. <laughs> Which, yeah. Such a you, weird one. <laughs> I think one of the other massive things that creatives struggle with... Um, I was discussing this with one of my housemates who wants to go into, like, um, like a design area. Um mm. And one of the things that we often find holds us back from applying for jobs and things like that, I mean, first of all, half the time I don't even know where to look or what to do, but mainly is that you look at the descriptions of things and you think, I can't do that. I don't know what that means. I don't yes, know what to do there. Definitely. And you never want to turn up. You don't want to turn up unprepared to anything. Mm. But a lot of those jobs are things where you will learn at the time but it mm. feels like you need to know it before and that if you don't then it's some kind of thing of some expression about how you're not talented at the thing that you do but people just think that that's like an inborn thing and I don't think it is I think a desire to be creative is but the skills that come out of it have to be sort of Talk. extracted <laughs> out almost from yeah. the ex setting that you're in it's not just there you're not just automatic you can't just play the guitar <laughs> you just wake up one day and do it you know what I mean like but there's this expectation that that you have to be just super good at something before you've done it which is so depressing honestly yeah. I, that limits people more than anything do you think that that also is something that maybe we tell ourselves yeah a bit because I often see people I'm, I'm trying to I think this is something new is <laughs> put out stuff or I say put out stuff just like post stuff online whatever yeah that isn't the best or I've just done now because I don't know like if you don't start now when are you gonna start mm. sort of thing and there's so many people who weren't amazing to begin with and then just do it like pink floyd were a band before any of them could play music mm. 
and it's just like you I don't know maybe whether some of these things like even at an interview even though it says that if you went in and said well I can do this this and this and I'm excited to learn this this and this would that be enough perhaps yeah and you just have to have the confidence to be able to yeah do that because I sometimes <laughs> think us and I'm talking like literally you and me but other people we know are our own worst enemies at this mm. yeah we are and but I don't think it's completely our fault because I think it's it's something that we've kind of been it's hard to teach somebody confidence I also think yeah. that we've relied on a sort of validating I mean maybe us particularly in school kind of thing like I feel like we <laughs> lived for that <laughs> the feedback you know and it's 10 out of 10 yeah <laughs> and and then you don't get that in the real world so it's like harder to navigate whether you're good at something or not because there's not somebody yeah. telling you all the time that you are or you're not and yeah it says then it's only yourself and yourself is always going to go to you're not <laughs> happy nerd huh yeah <laughs> yay so, our day in the life section of the podcast. Mizzy, what have you been up to this week? It's been sick. Um, I thought maybe I'd... I'm just going to update you on a couple of things that I mentioned in the podcast last time. So, this kind of links to the, what we've been watching and that, but I thought I'd save it for this. I mentioned The Office, that I started watching The Office. Yes. Well, I said that I wasn't a fan of it, really. didn't really like it. I have changed my mind. I'm now <laughs> on the third season. Still stand by a lot of the things I've said. It's no Parks and Rec. That will always be my, my number one, I think. But the Jim and Pam storyline, it just... They've really... I know what that put, is and I haven't even watched it. Yeah. like that. If that wasn't in it, though, I don't think it'd be that good. I'm going to say that. Yeah, sometimes... Even a comedy needs a romantic mm. line to keep us hooked. Mm. Keeps me hooked, line and sinker. <laughs> um, and update on my veganuary thing. I I made my own vegan pizza the other day, and I made my own mozzarella. You ever done that from the Happy but Pear book? I've seen the the recipe, but I've never made it. What How did that go? Pretty good. I mean, it didn't, when you make it, it didn't look that, it sort of looks like a dough ball in a way. So it didn't really look like mozzarella, but obviously I put it on the pizza and it, it melts and then it's like nice. So it was very nice. But I just thought like, obviously I would never make (laughs) real mozzarella. I wouldn't know how to do that anyway, but you don't. I don't know how cheese is even made. No, I, have I no don't idea. really. Like, I feel like pasteurizing is a thing, man. <laughs> I would have learned on Rosie and Jim, but I don't think that was an episode that was. <laughs> I learned how to make syrup. I learned how to make glass. That's all I can remember. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that was just a heart back to my childhood. <laughs> I don't know what that is, Rosie and Jim. I've never. Excuse me. I don't. On Sorry. the. Narrow Rosie and what? Jim. Rosie. That sounds like a weird dream you've had, honestly. No, it's not. It's a real children's TV show. Okay. 
filled sure. with educational facts about how rag to make dolls that live on a Yeah, that's what There's kids. Two, Rosie and Jim, the rag dolls, and they would go on the boat to different places, and they would learn about stuff sometimes. Conceptualizing children's TV show must be quite a fun thing because you could just go as like <laughs> wacko as you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's it. I just thought it was nice that sometimes, well, I mean, I like cooking anyway, but you have to be a bit more creative yeah. <laughs> when you're vegan, I suppose, and it, it's fun. It I feels like an achievement in itself. Mm, I think sometimes when you know you've got quite a bit of time and you think, I'm going to make a like something new that's going to take thought mm. and is going to be laborious. Yes. It's quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> okay, my day in the life. So this week, I have enjoyed watching a certain YouTube series. Actually, I've got two things and I forgot about one of them. Anyway, a certain YouTube series, or I'm sure you've heard of it. It's from, I think, an American TV show. And it's called Billy on the Street. Have you no. ever seen it? It's Never the guy it. who, I think he was called Craig in Parks and Rec. He joins oh later. Oh my god, I love him! Yeah, <laughs> he just runs about New York City streets and sort of asks people questions, but highly aggressively. Oh, that sounds amazing! <laughs> like, like his character. I can't, to be honest, I can't fully remember his character from Barks and Red. That, but, like, aggressively shouting at people. But yes, he just shouts to people on the street and some people react really well and some people are like, what, the, what has happened? this aggressive man has just shouted at me mm. but it's incredible huge sass vibes and i love it what's it called billy on the street billy on the street billy on the street um <laughs> then i just remembered the second thing i actually have been enjoying is a podcast um that um and specifically sir walking with a podcast mm. because Although we've been talking about creativity, I was really excited to do this week's podcast because I've been feeling quite in a slump. Yeah. Not so... I don't... It's it's 100% lockdown related. Like, this lockdown is doing me the biggest dirty ever. Like, it's always cold. Pretty much always yeah. dark. So... God, isn't it strange thinking back to the first lockdown? Like, what a dream that one was. Yeah. In the summer. <laughs> Lovely. Mm, but... Mm currently is not and i'm not doing terribly i'm really like making sure that i'm keeping vibes high so what i like the other day (laughs) i went on vibing 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 um (laughs) (laughs) went on a walk and i listened to lexi lombard lombards she's american youtuber i've known of her for a really long time but i I don't really watch her but she's got a podcast called at lexi you made that sound like you knew her as a person you're like i i know her really well but i just don't really watch her youtube videos but we're only good friends so yeah not quite but if we want um but her podcast is really like funny because she she does it on her own so she's sort of like but it, she's able to do it as if it's in conversation. So she'll sort of like leave gaps. She'll be like, guys, like what? She, no, what she did, the one I listened to that was really good, it was called How to Be a Hot Girl or something like that. And it was like perking a bit of fun really at it, but like about how to have a hot girl mindset. And it was just, it was a real fun take on it, but like just how to sort of like make yourself feel good about yourself, mm. which I thought was really fun. Um, 
And yeah, the way she does it is just really nice because she will circle back on herself. She will go off on tangents, which is sounds awful, but really nice. And then bring it back to what she was saying as if she hadn't just gone off on a 10 minute tangent. Um, We need to start doing that. I feel like we do do that a little Uh, bit. But except from I lose my train of thought. uh, So do I. So that's Pat. Yeah. We both just like drop off the edge of a cliff in our minds. Yeah, and and like, go, oh. help me. <laughs> SOS. Yeah, it was just a fun one. I'm trying. I'm trying to find a few more podcasts that are. I don't know on the because obviously I love Chris and Rosie's podcast and oh my god, Rosie's had a baby. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Congratulations, cute, cute baby Rosie. Con- congratulations, Rosie. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> that's really funny, but I also like a podcast that feels more. I don't, not even educational, just feels like it's adding a bit of a uh, perspective on something or a new idea that I hadn't thought of. And I think that's what really keeps me vibing high in these times. Yeah. Because I think the lack of newness really Mm. hits me hard. God, yeah. And I was saying, this is another thing I've been thinking about. I've had thoughts can we believe it um that actually as much as it maybe feels quite hard creatively and you know because i'm like struggling in huge ways with my uni work to motivate myself because it's just like we've all been wake there. up <laughs> go to my desk like yeah. that's you need to change the room that you're in it helps yeah i, I need to separate your work from your bedroom yeah, but then my mum's watching Herms and the Hammer in the other room. Well, tell her how, to... How do I deal with that? To fuck off. <laughs> we'll try that. Politely. We'll see how it goes. Um, Don't tell her that I said that, though. Love you, Tracy. <laughs> I will. What was I saying? Uh, oh, yeah, this is what I was thinking. That, so, basically, yes, creativity maybe isn't at its peak right now. You know? We haven't got writers spending midnight in Paris talking to each other over a glass of wine because we're all in bloody lockdown so what you can do though is take inspiration from people's podcasts that were maybe two years ago Mm. a couple of years ago to inspire you now and the circle is not broken the inspiration will not be broken yes we're in a slump now but take inspiration from all different places use their inspiration to create your inspiration Recycle that inspiration. Recycle the inspiration. Energy is never lost. It's just Mm. recycled. And that's science. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good way to end it, honestly. (laughs) Five and high. Yay! That was the podcast. (laughs) The end. Goodbye. Goodbye.